Welcome to TEL News. I'm your host, Christopher David, and we got some breaking news regarding the whereabouts of podcaster Tom Knight, who went missing in Halloween 2019. Now, you might remember we posted this audio footage previously. Hey, lifers. So, I was out walking and on my way home to record three extra lives, but I've actually managed to get lost in some nearby woods. Uh, it's really dark. Uh, all I have is my phone. What was that? I think I think someone's following me. I've been running for about 10 minutes. I think I think I've lost whoever was following me. And uh, yeah, the, there's a log cabin here. This this makes no sense. I've never seen this before. Um, but I'm gonna go inside. Seems like a good idea. Uh, yeah, let, let's do that. Hello? Is anybody here? Hello? It seems empty. There's a table here with, with a note on it and some cassette tapes. The note says, insert tape one and press play. The tapes run out again. This is so strange. I don't remember recording any of this. Wait, why am I even saying this? This isn't part of the level, is it? Huh? The light just went out. Is somebody there? Hello? And we can now confirm that we have a new recording, which will raise new questions to this disappearance. It's time to reveal the truth. A year ago on level 29, the last Halloween episode of Three Extra Lives, your beloved Tom was lured into a log cabin in the woods and ambushed by our kind. Oh. This will make more sense if I turn off my voice modulator. Since then, I, Bakengast, Spirit of the Forest, have been presenting three extra lives. Luckily, I am a fan of video games and trivia. But you foolish humans had no idea at all until now. I demand you stay. I demand you listen. Voice modulator re-enabled? Okay, let's get on with the show! Hello and welcome to level 62 of 3 Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host, Tom Knight, and it's great to have you here once again. Now it's that season of the year again, Halloween. Everything's a little bit spooky. Everything's a little bit more creepy. And on this level of Three Extra Lives, I'm very excited because I'm going to be talking about a few games that have been giving me the chills, making the hairs on the back of my neck stand up a little bit. And there's something very special about all three games I'm going to talk about in this level because they are all developed by extremely small teams. In two cases, they are developed by one person, and in another case, they are developed by two people. Small teams creating awesome experiences. And with that out of the way, let's get on with the show! I feel like I've already said that, but let's do it anyway. For real this time. First up on this level of three extra lives, I've been playing a title called Paradox Vector, and this is developed by Schmidt Workshops. And don't be fooled by the name, Schmidt Workshops is a solo developer. And I actually played this game back when it was in early access and since released fully on the 15th of October 2020. And like I said, I played this back in April 2019. And the game was in 
its earlier stages. It was still a fairly fleshed out experience though. I seem to remember playing this one on Twitch and struggling a lot as the developer was still making balance changes to the title and I seem to remember getting an apology from the developer saying how they were sorry for making me suffer so much at the start of the game because they hadn't put enough health packs in to replenish your health and yeah that was a thing but overall I very much enjoyed my initial venture into Paradox Vector and I decided to revisit it because it had been a while and I saw it got the the full release now. And what is Paradox Vector? It's a retro first person Metroidvania title which is heavily inspired by old school vector graphics and there's also inspiration there from such first person titles as Doom or Quake and even Half-Life. And the first thing you do notice when you fire up this game is that it's like yeah this game has traveled from the 80s into your computer right now. It's, it's fresh from the 80s is, is how I feel playing this because there's a real no fuss approach to this game when you boot it up, you go in, there's a little backstory that you have traveled through time. You are the daughter of a scientist who is trying to work with a device that could travel through time. Anyway, you ended up using it and you ended up in this prison. I call it a prison, but you're not totally enclosed. There's some exploration that takes place in this game but basically you are in a world that also seems heavily inspired by the likes of Tron it could really have just come straight out of there as well you will explore mazes and you will battle various creatures known as the ancient ones and also their biomechanical settlers who have taken refuge in this world and this world is, is very bizarre there's structures that you can explore and there's also an outside area with vegetation and there's just this constant uneasy feeling that you don't belong in this place and as you go through the the game you will encounter various dungeons and i think in the first few areas there's about nine dungeons that you need to explore and you need to recover these paradox keys basically that open a gateway and through that gateway you then explore further on into the realm of the ancient one and I have to say that I had a lot of fun collecting these keys you go through the first few dungeon it's very straightforward you have a, a weapon a main weapon and you collect health you collect ammo you're managing that a little bit so you don't run out something that I did encounter very late on in the game that I just didn't have much health and I didn't have much ammo to really keep up with what I was doing. I think the, the second half, I'm calling it the second half of the game, once you pass through that gateway, there's a real shift in the difficulty. And I think having not really have to worry too much about the health and ammo in the first half of the game, again, I'm calling it the first half, it's not really having to manage that too much at the start. I found after I passed through that gateway that I was encountering a lot more problems. However, saying that, the game is very generous with regards to checkpoints. You can also save the game at any time, load the game up. So in that way, that if you do know that you are encountering a certain area that's fairly difficult, you save the game, you die, you load up. That's definitely not what happened in the 80s when you were playing video games. It was, it was way more punishing. But there's something really enjoyable about playing through this game though. And I don't know if it's just the retro feel, the simplicity of everything, just in a way that it, it's not 
having to explain anything to you. You basically go in there and you figure it out yourself and it's not too overcomplicated with regards how to do that. There's a few puzzles in there with regards to how you navigate later on, but the first handful of dungeons really shouldn't pose you any problem as they give you a feel for the game. But then that starts to ramp up over time with the introduction of new enemies, which cause you a bit more problems and also the fact that you are navigating very narrow corridors at times and creatures will just come out of what feels like almost nowhere because there's a bit of a haze that just lurks in the distance at all times and it's, it's a bit of a fog that kind of keeps a bit more of the mystery of what's ahead of you to come and I definitely have jumped several times with the creatures that appear in these corridors and there's also the fact that when you pick up the key in the dungeon it almost resets enemies within that so if you've cleared a path to get there on your way out as you try to escape there's alarms going off these creatures have been alerted to your presence and they will come for you but they don't really chase you i think they they either chase you and you kill them or they chase you and they get you and usually, like I said at the start of the game, you have enough health to get through that. But later on, it becomes a lot more challenging. So I definitely would recommend checking out Paradox Factor. I've been having a lot of fun. I think I'm about five hours into this game and I still haven't beat it yet. Like I said, I'm running into some difficulties towards the end of the game. But that's to be expected, I think. When I played this game back in Early Access, I was encountering it to be quite difficult because of the fact that there wasn't as many resources available and it feels like almost the developer has flipped that up and made the end part of the game that way a bit more hardcore once you pass through a certain area but uh, I'll go back in there and I'll see if I can find a way out of this world but that is Paradox Vector by Schmidt Workshops go check it out it's trivia time so I was talking about Paradox Vector which led me to this question. Paradox Interactive is a video game publisher based in Sweden and was responsible for publishing the 2015 hit by Obsidian Entertainment, known by this name. Complete its title, Pillars of Destiny, Discovery, Eternity. The correct answer is Eternity. If you got that one right, give yourself an extra life. Who here likes escape rooms? Raise your hands. I can't see if you're raising your hand, but I assume you are because doesn't everyone love escape rooms? I know I do, and I've definitely participated in a couple in real life and had a lot of fun doing that. And very recently, through one of my browse sessions on Steam, I came across an escape room game listed as free to play and got very excited. Now, this game is called Escape Room and here comes my German, Der Kranke de Kollege. Der Kranke Kollege. Thanks to Monica from Geek Herring for that correct pronunciation, which translates into the sick colleague. And this is developed by BitBeast Games, which is a two-man team based in Germany. And I have to say, I got a lot of pleasure and an extremely great brain workout playing this game. Now, basically you are 
going over to visit your sick colleague and they're not feeling well and you decide to pay them a visit to see how they're feeling. After a very short tutorial which explains how items work, you enter the apartment room of your colleague and guess what? They're not there and that starts your investigation to find out where they are and what's happened to them. You know how escape rooms work if you've been to one. It starts with one puzzle which leads you to another and so on and so forth and basically you will uncover the truth about your colleague and what's happened to them and in something that starts fairly innocently you might find along the way there's a bit of a turn in the narrative and that's all I'm gonna say with regards to that because I don't want to spoil it and I think that's just the best way to experience this game and I spent actually a lot of time on the discord for BitBeast games because yeah, I'm gonna hold my hands up and say I got stuck a few times. I got stuck and I'm not ashamed to admit it. And a lot of people have got stuck too. And the developer has Discord over there giving hints and tips and helping people through the escape room. Because usually escape rooms are played by a group of people, right? So when you're playing this as a solo venture, a bit more difficult because you've just got your one noggin there instead of your multiple noggins, which usually helps dissect and find the answers to the clues in one of these situations. So I actually would recommend if you were to download this game, maybe get a couple of friends or a couple of members of your family, sit around the computer and have a go at solving this together because it's a lot of fun to do so. And I wish I kind of had experienced that, but never fear because the developer is actively working on multiplayer for this game, which should be coming in the future. So yeah, this game has been doing fairly well on Steam as well. It's sitting at mostly positive reviews since its release in September 2020 and I have to say I'm very excited for future updates for this type of maybe extra rooms or additional puzzles and then being able to play online with potentially my friends as well to solve these that's very exciting I haven't really seen too many escape room type games out there and I know it's a popular pastime for many and obviously with the current world conditions that we're in with a pandemic then hey let's take it online and let's do it there but highly recommend checking this one out if you want a little brain workout free to play like i say lots of fun and will give you a few hours of entertainment at least and maybe more if you don't go over to the discord like i did that is escape room the sick colleague or as we said in german the kranker kollege by bit beast games it's trivia time! So, we were talking about escape rooms, and here we go with this little piece of trivia. In what country was the first live escape room built? Was it Germany, Japan, or Canada? The correct answer is Japan. The first live escape room was built by the company Scrap in Japan in 2007 with creator Tako Kato aiming to create a fully immersive game in which players had to solve a series of puzzles and riddles to escape from a locked room. There you go. If you got that one right, give yourself an extra life. And finally, on three extra lives. 
I have entered a world of paranormal activity. I have been playing Phasmophobia like a lot of people have since its release in September 2020. Now Phasmophobia is a game developed by Kinetic Games and Phasmophobia is a four-player online co-op psychological horror. Paranormal activity is on the rise and it's up to you and your team to use your ghost hunting equipment at your disposal in order to gather as much evidence as you can. There is a lot of hype surrounding this game and I know it's one of those games that currently has been doing very well on Twitch, it's doing very well on Steam, like I say overwhelmingly positive on Steam right now and people are having a lot of fun especially at this time of the year getting into something like this. And this game is still in early access as of October 2020, probably the way it's going to be for a little while with these games in early access, but it gives us a chance to get our hands on something like this that's in its earlier stages of development, which to be honest, for an early access game, it feels like there's quite a lot of polish there already. Obviously there are little issues here and there that you do get with regards to bugs and things like that. But honestly, overall, I think it's really, really great game with regards to just how it's playing and how it feels. And I did have a little issue getting my voice recognition working at the start, but once I got that sorted, it was all plain sailing from there. And this game also has a VR element, so if you do have a VR headset, you can get fully immersed into the horrors of what Phasmophobia is. So basically how it works is you and your team, and you can play up to four players online co-op, will arrive at a location of your choice. And when you start out, you have about four locations to pick from, including two relatively small houses that have basements and also a couple of slightly larger buildings that have two floors. And what you're trying to do is enter this building with various tools that you have at your disposal to identify the spirit or the ghost or the paranormal being that is taking its residence at that location and how you do that is well you have a journal which tells you various things about how these paranormal creatures operate and you have tools so for example you have something called an emf reader which can measure electromagnetic fields you also have a video camera that has night vision you have a infrared torch that can pick up fingerprints also can take in a notepad with a pencil that potentially the ghost can write on too. And there's also a tool that allows you to potentially hear a paranormal being too. So basically you're going into this location with these tools and you're trying to identify the three elements of that paranormal being, which will allow you to identify them. Once you've identified them, you can go back to your truck you can leave, you can get your XP, and you can feel all good about yourself. I'm making it sound so simple because it's just not like that. You enter one of these buildings and you have to go through the process of elimination, right? So certain paranormal beings will overlap with what the traits that they have. So you might have an EMF reader that goes off with a reading of five. And in your journal, you might have several beings that might flag up as that. So it is going through that process 
of elimination. And when you're playing with your friends, well, when you get in there, you might joke around a little bit. You might try and scare each other, which I know I've done. Hello, 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 hello. Um, Tom, is that you? Is that you, Tom? Is that you? Is that you? Tom, is that you? Is that you, Tom? Somebody says, somebody says hello to me. Someone says hello to me. As you enter these buildings, the atmosphere changes. Usually it's quite dark. You can turn lights on, but then the, the paranormal being can also interfere with the light switches. They can blow the fuse of the building you're in, knock out all the electric. Also, there's various traits with regards to when the, the being will appear. So they might not appear when you're as a group. They might prefer it when people are alone. So that will encourage you to split up as well. Every paranormal being also has a name which you can use to potentially incite it and get it to reveal itself. These beings can re reveal themselves in various ways. Sometimes, like I say, they can knock off the lights. They can talk to you through the, the voice box that one of you might be carrying. They can show themselves to you in their spirit form and hunt you down. And it overall, it just creates this atmosphere which is quite terrifying, but also quite intriguing as you enter these buildings to investigate, to work out the clues, and hopefully all of you make it out alive. And you also level up in this game, and as you level up, you unlock more locations. So from the initial locations, you might then unlock a school, an asylum, larger areas with more ground to cover, which means more areas to investigate, which means spending more time in the darkness, losing your sanity, which you do have a resource called sanity that you're trying to manage. And if that all runs out from spending too much time in the dark, well, you're in trouble. But I can definitely see why Phasmophobia has got overwhelming support so far. And I have to say that while it has utterly terrified me playing this game and then turning the game off at night and then going straight to bed and just hiding under my covers and hoping I haven't disturbed any spirits out in the real world. There is just this sense of realism as a group of friends going into a situation like this where you are kind of joking around for part of it and then you take it seriously and then something happens where you get locked in a room and there's just real fear and it strikes real emotion within you and I always feel like you have to give credit to games that are able to just suck you into a moment that suck you into a situation that feels quite real and although it is quite a psychological element to that i still think it's really well done and really captures potentially what paranormal investigators would do and i just want to say that i would never do this in real life like i would never actively go out to upset spirits or even interact with them because you know what i think that should be left the heck alone but anyway phasmophobia you might have heard of it you might already have it but i have to say it's probably worth your time especially with a group of friends and especially at this time of the year you're gonna have a lot of fun with that you're gonna have a lot of screams with that but that's phasmophobia by kinetic games it's trivia time so we were talking about phasmophobia and phasmophobia is sometimes referred to as the fear of ghosts 
But what is ludectrophobia? Clue, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't have this phobia. The correct answer is the fear of video games. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. Hello, it's me, Tom. Oh, thank goodness. Can you hear me? I've been trying to tune into your frequency for a while. I'm not sure how long it's been. Look, I don't know how I'm going to get back, but I'm trapped in some kind of spirit world. I have no idea how I'm going to get home. It's going to take some time, but in the meantime, I need you to keep listening to the show. And if you want to follow the show, you can do that on social media at Three Extra Lives. And you can email the show podcast at threeextralives.com. And I think, like always, unless something's changed, you can find everything that's been mentioned on this level of Three Extra Lives over at threeextralives.com. All the show notes will be there so you don't have to go searching for them. But like I say, keep listening to the show, pretend like everything is okay, and keep barking gas distracted. Please, can you do that for me? You can? Okay, great. Thanks for that. And I'll see you all in level. Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.